Hello, hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshop.net. Special Summer Series, The Story of Drihid, Part 3. When I last left you, the teaching council were in a sticky situation. The inspector had told them they would no longer be probating teachers, but the union were steadfast that teachers wouldn't be doing it instead. And with the chance of never, never ringing in their heads, the teaching council needed to do something. In this part of the episode, I explore what happened next and how they managed to build that bridge and convince the INTO to come over it. Hello, hello, this is Simon Lewis from Onshaw.net with If I Were the Minister for Education, a weekly podcast where I look at the world of primary education and wonder what I would do if I were the Minister for Education. You can subscribe to this podcast on any of your favourite podcasting apps, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and all the rest of the gang. And please tell your teacher friends or anyone else who might be interested in primary education about this podcast and ask them maybe to leave a review um, as well if they've enjoyed it. Now the poor teaching council were in disarray. Their plans to force principals and teachers to probate their colleagues instead of the inspectors were in shreds. Now my favourite reason they gave to convince us of SEP as it was called back then was that it would allow the inspectors more time to do more important work. <laughs> that, that genuinely was a reason. Now I wonder what work that would be. Hmm. And the fact that this wasn't really important enough for them at all. Give it to the old principals and teachers to do it. So as tempting as it was for far more WSCs and drive-bys as they're known, teachers around Ireland politely declined. However, in all the doom and gloom and anger, it might only be fair to look at SEP from the teaching council's perspective. To be serious for a little while, because in the last episode I was probably a little bit jokey about it, the idea of SEP wasn't simply to pass on the inspector's work onto schools for free. To be fair, there was actually some merit to SEP. Okay, I'm, I, I am being serious here, by the way. I know it might not sound it, but I'm actually being serious, okay? First thing, and this is the obvious one. Bye-bye inspectors. And, you know, there's no... There's no other way of saying it, but the inspector idea, like the idea of an inspector coming in, the inspector model as it seems to be known now, is a very little benefit to any anyone anymore. We don't, it wasn't this whole idea of inspectors coming in twice a year and deciding someone was uh, good enough. Um, you know, and, and let's push this a little bit further. An inspectorate model of any kind is of little benefit anymore. We don't need inspectors in the education system. Now, if we ever needed to test that theory out, COVID-19, the pandemic, tested it out in spades. There wasn't a single school that required their services at all in those two years. And if we think about it, the whole idea of the teaching council is that we would have a self-regulating body so therefore no need for an inspectors. And basically, yeah, an inspector doesn't actually fit into a model like the teaching council wants, a self-regulating body. And surely, if there are issues in a school, that 
doesn't become the inspector's job, that actually becomes the teaching council's job and possibly the NIPT to ensure that the right supports are put in place. And to be honest with you, I can't actually see what the purpose of the inspectorate is anymore. But I have a whole episode on that already on the list and I'll put that in the, uh, in the show notes so I won't go on as to why. But let's keep going with SEP, what I really liked. I really liked the idea that a teacher gets a mentor for their entire first year. I think that's brilliant. As a foundation to me, SEP and DRID are a really good idea. The problem is that it's just really poorly done. That's the problem. It's really poorly done. So if we compare it to another mentoring program in Ireland, so there is one, let's say, that I know of called CSL because I'm involved in it. Uh, And CSL is the Centre for School Leadership, by the way. This is where a newly appointed principal, or a NAP, for those of the for those that like their acronyms, and they, we really like our acronyms in in um, in in Ireland and the education system. Anyway, a NAP or an early appointed principal has a mentor for at least their first year, and the CSL do this a lot better. Now, it isn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's overall a lot better. And actually, in fairness, Drihid isn't that far away from being a good system. Now, the other thing that was good about SEP but not Drahid, is that it was an attempt to be a link, I'm not going to call it a bridge, (laughs) well maybe I will, oh it was supposed to be a bridge between finishing college and beginning one's teaching career. Now they've completely messed it up but the idea itself is a really good one because they're really bad at transitions um, when it comes to the education system. We're really bad, for example, if you listen to um, our episode a few weeks ago about preschool, we're really bad at the at the um, link between preschool and primary school and then primary school to secondary school and then secondary school to third level and then back from third level to becoming a teacher if you choose to go become a teacher. Every single transition is done badly. I don't know why they mess it up so badly, but they do. And the solution's incredibly simple. And it would solve a huge range of other problems in the primary education system. But we'll come to that soon. A final thing, and I guess I'm saying this to set myself up for later in the episode. In fairness to SEP, it was actually very thorough in its thought process. Um, I'm not saying I agreed with a lot of it. Um, but it was well thought out. They, they had an idea. And let's just say in an alternative universe, SEP actually happened without any changes. It would be fair to say that any NQT who got through SEP would have been well prepared for their full registration into teaching. It actually did the job it was set out to do. And as cumbersome as the process was, everything was covered. Everything from lesson planning to paperwork to observing of teaching to examining folders and portfolios uh, to support groups to extra training and even additional interventions if things weren't going to plan through external mentoring with the NIPT and then access to the inspectors. It was definitely more thorough than the previous system and it certainly did fill the gap between college and teaching. In fairness, while while, while while none of us agreed with the way it was done, it was very well thought out. Of course, the trouble was, was its sticking point and how it completely changed the relationships within schools where colleagues would be evaluating each other. Now, some would argue this happens in lots of other jobs, but I don't know 
I don't know if that's really true in this particular way. Um, I'm sure, yes, colleagues do obviously supervise other colleagues, managers supervise their, um, their, 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 um, their, their staff. But to get from where we are to this sort of system would actually require many changes to the education system, the structures of our education system, because schools don't have HR departments or access to HR at all. I mean, I know there's very, very small uh, businesses that obviously don't have a HR manager, but they use HR, like external HR um, companies. They can outsource that for any HR problems for small enough businesses that can't obviously afford their own HR manager. But you simply wouldn't get away with SEP in a private organisation as it stood back then. In any case, I think we all believed that SEP was dead and buried and the Teaching Council would have to find some other way to justify its existence because it was really struggling at the time to justify its existence at all. We were paying €65 a year for really nothing. But how wrong we were. The Teaching Council spent the next while behind the scenes thinking of ways to get it right. Now, I've done a fair amount of research on what the Teaching Council did next. For example, the following was the entire feedback from consultations from SEP, and it fitted onto three quarters of an A4 page. This is the Teaching Council's own feedback from consultations. So this is what they gave back. So they listened for the whole year or more about what teachers were saying, and their entire feedback was fitted onto an a, a onto onto a less than an A4 page. So here were the these were the main positive elements. So I'm gonna read what they said and I'll give a brief comment, okay? So here were the main positive elements as they call them. There is enormous goodwill in schools and among practitioners towards NQTs with very substantial degrees of cooperation and collaborative support on offer. Moreover, schools generally perceive NQTs as a valuable dimension of renewal as well as a point of contact with ITE, that's Initial Teacher Education. Now, I have no idea what that has to do with SEP. That had nothing to do with SEP um, or DRIHID at all. That already was happening. We already took people on teaching practice and we already took them in in their first year. So I, I have no idea what that was. So that's really saying nothing. Number two, principals are willing to provide assistance and advice to NQTs. It is accepted that the principal is a central figure in induction. Now, this is really interesting when we know that the principal now is no longer expected to be involved in any way. So back from their consultations, what they got back was the principal was a central figure in all of this. This is from the teachers themselves. This is the feedback they were getting back. But if you look at Drihid now, there are many schools now where principals are not on the professional support team and certainly they're not leading it most of the time and certainly the least person that's involved because of their position people tend to prefer to be uh, having a supervisors or support teams that are not the principal um, which is understandable considering when you're in your first year out of college you don't want to be having your principal on your back but clearly something changed anyway they're, they're because now um, I don't know um, what changed there but something changed because in this, the principal was a central figure. Something changed for that not to be the case anymore. Now, to me, there's something changed, but the most likely reason, in order to get Drihid through, principals were just simply no longer considered central to induction for no reason. <laughs> I think that's all that happens. But anyway, number three, 
Individual teachers and school staffs generally display interest in and concern for NQTs. There is rich availability of professional knowledge and experience available to NQTs at school level. This can provide direct and immediate learning opportunities for NQTs in schools. And again, this really has nothing to do with SEP. This happens without SEP or DRID. It's just a bizarre kind of thing, you know that they're using these things that happened already to back up why Drihid and Sep were a good thing. Anyway, number four. So they're really struggling. They've barely got one yet. Four. Mentors and mentoring have made significant contributions to assisting NQTs as they begin to teach. Mentors are keenly committed to their role and offer a crucial and valuable component of practical assistance to NQTs and mentors are key to the induction process. Now, the funny thing again, and I, I don't mean to pour water over them, you know, pour cold water. SEP didn't introduce mentoring in primary schools. This always existed um, informally before the NIPT. And then formally, when the NIPT came in, they were already in place for mentoring. This already existed. They're really not doing very well here. Let's go at number five, their final. Maybe they'll get something. It is agreed that there is need for a structured support of new, for new entrants and that quality models of induction and probation for full registration are vital for a quality teaching profession. <sighs> Again, it's the same thing. This was already in place. It's, it's just bizarre. I mean, all of those advantages either existed before SEP or had nothing to do with it. I, I just don't understand. You know, it was as if they had to make something up because none of those things really had anything else. Anyway, let's have a look at the issues. Maybe there were five issues. No, there were actually seven, seven issues to get through. Um, so there were only five positives and seven negatives. So the negatives won. But if you look at the positives, none of them were actually new things to SEP. Let's look at number one. Negative commentary from the consultation process centres a good deal on procedural and administrative aspects such as resources, time, training, requests for clarification of issues, uncertainty about particular items. <laughs> I love how they say there was uncertainty, as if that was the issue and not the resources, time, training and all the rest of it. No, it was just uncertainty, really. We were just weren't sure. No, we knew there wasn't enough resources, time, training or anything else for that matter. Anyway, number two, there is substantial and real difficulty with regard to evaluation and sign-off. There is a notable reluctance on the part of principals to accept responsibility for signing off on probation at this time. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was it in a nutshell. But they continue. Evaluation of NQTs by principals may be understood to be a major culture change that would require a significant shift in thinking across the entire profession of teaching. But the thing is, it wasn't just a mind shift that needed changing. There were huge problems that what could happen with this setup. Now, I wrote about this in a much more mild-mannered way than I would today. Now, <laughs> this is me. Oh, my God. I've got to the point where I'm actually quoting myself. Uh, he's quoting himself now. Oh, my gosh. What is he doing? I'm going to quote myself. Okay, this is from an article I wrote in about 2000, I think 2015. And I won't do it in my... Oh, will I do it? I'll do it in my quoting voice. Another problem, and I mean this in the best way possible, let's see how polite I am, is the strength of our union. You wouldn't hear me saying that now. Anyway, while this is generally a positive thing, it can work the opposite way. 
I can only surmise surmise that a teacher who is not getting on well may blame the very person who is trying to help them and there will be very busy CEC reps trying to sort out disputes about probation. God, I was so much more eloquent at that time and so much more professional. Um, it's amazing um, how cynical you get as old uh, the older you get. Um, but essentially, surmising <laughs> on what I wrote, um, yeah, I mean, basically what I, what I was trying to say there was that if uh if basically a mentor failed an nqt the men the nqt could possibly say that the mentor was bullying them and then the INTO kind of have to back them and then oh i just a mess that it would happen and this is basically what would happen there'd be disputes all the time especially if an nqt didn't pass and uh as we know from when uh, the teaching profession was privatized there there are a lot of people that threaten legal action when they don't pass things in third level these days have you heard that that you know i i have friends who are third level lecturers and like basically students threaten to take legal action if they fail exams these days it's it's really weird and i know some colleges will renege on that uh, and kind of go oh well, we'll have another look at that and then they pass them now i won't name names but anyway let's move on to number four um a shared responsibility for induction and probation for full registration links well with the principal's role as instructional leader supporting quality teaching and learning in their schools now i've read that a few times and i can't see how they've identified that as an issue I mean, it probably belongs more in the in the good bit. It just, how is that an issue? A shared responsibility for induction and probation for full registration links well with the principal's role as instructional leader, supporting quality teaching and learning in their schools. I don't, I just can't see how that's negative. I think they made a mistake. Anyway, number five, primary and post-primary have different perspectives. Finally, someone says it. Primary has a closer association with induction and probation as it has been administered over the year. And exactly, primary and post-primary are two different jobs. As I said before, it's like measuring the work of a plumber and an electrician using the same tool. Sure, both of them help fix your house if it's broken, but they do it in completely different ways. And if you judge a plumber by an electrician's work or an electrician by a plumber's work, you're probably going to get electrocuted. I don't know. Anyway, number six. There's little critique of some important features of the consultation document, such as, for example, the standards for full registration and the out-of-school strand. Now, I'm not sure what that means. I, I assume they left out the word ah in the first place, um, in the first bit of the sentence. I don't know. But they don't go into any detail. Um, so it's hard to see um, what the feedback actually was. When it says there's, there is little critique, well, that means there, there hasn't been any critique. So then I don't really know what they're saying. Are they basically blaming the teachers? You basically haven't looked at this enough, I think. Is that what they're doing? It kind of sounds like that's what they're doing. Anyway, number... Th uh, will I move on? I better move on because it's making me cross. I, did, I read it differently when I was writing the script for this. Um, but it does sound like basically you teachers didn't bother reading the stuff 
So that's an issue. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, number seven. There is skepticism about the provision of sufficient resources to assist a new induction probation system. The current economic circumstances are a significant background feature. There is considerable weariness about the amount of change currently underway in the education system. Yep, basically nobody believed we'd get the resources and there was very good reason for that. Because in 2012, when we were in the middle of the biggest recession in living memory, that's when this was introduced. And there are cuts happening everywhere, including education. There is no way anyone believed the government were going to pump additional resources into a scheme that basically wasn't very necessary. And then there was this whole change thing. And again, I wrote about this in a blog, in a post called What Do Drihid, Irish Water and the Junior Cert Reform Have in Common? And I'll just put the link in the show notes rather than boring you with my thoughts back then. And in my opinion at the time, the answer to that above question was the same. I knew many people wouldn't agree with me, but I believed all of those three things, so that's Drihid, Irish Water and the Junior Cert Reform, were very good ideas in theory. So for example, the junior cert at the time is a ridiculously outdated examination that really no longer had any purpose and was simply a stressful practice for the leaving cert. And I thought Irish water was a good idea in theory for water conservation purposes. And yes, Drihid, I also thought, and I still think, is a good idea in theory. But why had they been rejected by the majority of the country? All of these three things. Why are there more people marching the streets of Dublin against a 60 euro water charge than there were for marching for homelessness? Why did secondary school teachers reject the junior certificate reform by 90% in one of their ballots? And why did nobody like SEP? To me, I think a lot of the problem for SEP, as well as the other two, was the people introducing them all failed in something very basic in change management. Despite all three being possibly close to being palatable, because they all started, uh, basically the reason they didn't was because they all started off aggressively. They all started off basically by saying this is going to happen. And that's why mostly they were rejected, I think, more so than the actual thing themselves. We remember how SEP started, Yes, with Harold Hislop, the um, inspector. Oh, yes, you will. So that's basically all the feedback that the teaching council revealed. And interestingly, it's next to impossible to find that document on the teaching council's website. Well, it was impossible for me to find it because I got a lot of this, a lot of that feedback. I actually got that document from the TUI website. Now, the TUI is the second level teachers union and what I did find instead was I found a very similar, and I mean really similar document on the Teaching Council's website, but it actually left out the feedback, which is also interesting in itself. Very interesting. I basically, I'll put up the two links um, to those two documents. So the one the TUI has published, which is the original, and it's basically exactly the same, almost, than the one that's on the Teaching Council website. I found that one as, uh, eventually. It's just interesting that they've just got rid of, it's Appendix 5, basically, that they've just removed. And I don't really know why that is. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's even suspicious, but because the positives and negatives, I, I don't really know if there's anything there. I think they're just ba very badly written. Uh, there is definitely a few mistakes in them, but not really reason enough to just get rid of them altogether. But another ingredient in this debacle was actually another, um, I suppose, another agency and that was the Department of Education itself. They seemed to expect that SEP would have happened by 2012, including a rather interesting letter 
from a minister for education. Now I wonder if you can guess which minister for education it was. Now remember SEP came along around 2012 and who can you remember? Who might it have been? Hmm. But the funny thing is it was actually Mary Coughlin. Yeah, Mary Coughlin in 2010. At least a year and a half before Harold Hislop's pantomime performance. And Mary Coughlin at the time said she wished the Teaching Council in good luck in their endeavours for internal mechanisms, to quote, for the probation of teachers. Very interesting. Now Mary Coughlin, for those of you who don't know, was a very short-lived Fianna Fáil Minister for Education not one that made any impact or so that I thought of, but actually when she was the Minister for Education, she kind of started this all off a bit. I don't know if you can absolutely um, give her credit for it because it's just, it's really the civil servants that do all this. But Mary Cockland was in charge at the time and wished the Teaching Council good luck um, in getting it off the ground. And in another letter published on the 1st of September 2012, so this is a year and a half later, Eddie Ward, who was the principal officer in the Department of Education, reminded the Teaching Council that the work had been due to be completed by that date, the 1st of September 2012. Now, he didn't quite scold them, but he pretty much said it needed to be done. And he ended the letter saying, The Department will continue to work closely with the Teaching Council to ensure the orderly transition of all legal and practical arrangements. So essentially, the Teaching Council were caught between a rock and a hard place. They didn't have much of a choice. SEP was going to have to happen, come hell or high means, by according to the Department of Education. Now, I don't, I, I don't quite understand why that is, but it, it seems to have been some legal thing that, uh, that kind of meant that it had to happen. And set that against the absolute vehemence of teachers who thought it was an absolutely terrible idea. So basically, they were going to have to do something. And that something they did was quite odd. And I've never been able to get to the bottom of it. And that something was actually two things. The first thing they did was they changed SEP's name to Drihid. And then called it a new model. <laughs> I mean, that might sound a bit flippant, but that's kind of all they did. They just changed its name uh, from SEP to Drihid. And Rose Dolan wrote a paper um, explaining it. And I'll, I'll link to the, uh, to, the, um, to the document there, but I'll just quote it. In January 2012, the Teaching Council consulted stakeholders on its proposed career entry professional programme, SEP, but this proposal caused much concern within the education community and was significantly amended as a result of the consultations. A new model was drawn up and in September 2013, after further consultation with stakeholders, the Teaching Council introduced a new model of induction and probation as a pilot programme to run from September 2013 to 2016. This model contains the workshops developed by the NIPT but increases significantly the role of the school in the induction and probation of new members into the profession. Now, try as I might, and I really, I really, really, really tried, I couldn't find any difference between SEP and Drihid 
in its first iteration, except for a name change. That's the only thing I could find, bar it stopped being a consultation and is now a pilot. I think that's the only thing that changed, that it became a pilot rather than a consultation. I mean, that's not even a difference. And the only other thing that I could find was that Drihid became known, um, apart from being known as a pilot project, there was a promise of a thousand euro per school who decided to take on that pilot. Interesting. One thousand euro grant for schools who decided to take on the pilot. And here's the other change. From the screams and screeches of never, never with SEP. For some reason, which I still to this day cannot get, I cannot find to understand, and I cannot find the reason, the INTO had a complete U-turn on the scheme. Now, I remember almost every school with a CEC rep took on Drihid. Every, almost every school with a rep, a CEC rep, took on Drihid. I remember the INTO lackeys, and that's probably the best way to describe them. You know, the ones that wanted to go up in the world of the union, they also took it on. The ones that were loyal to the church, I mean to the union, sorry. Oh, slip of the tongue. No, it wasn't. I meant deliberately. That was just brilliant acting there. Anyway, it was really, really odd. Why did these people who sat in the front rows only a year and a half ago, completely against this model, knowing that nothing had changed, absolutely decide to take it on? And obviously I asked about this to anyone I knew. And initially the people I spoke, spoke to said they were doing it to prove that it was never going to work. And it was better to be in the discussions, having tried Drihid, than not being in the discussions. They were kind of saying, you know, look Simon, you can't be against Drihid unless you try it out, you know. And it was, it was just kind of, but why were you against it a year and a half ago? And now, be, now you think you should try it out? to prove it wrong. I mean, you know it's not going to work. I mean, it was really weird logic. And despite no change, except for this €1,000 grant, which might have been the reason, I don't know. Uh, anyway, there was nothing, this was nothing short of a full 180 degree turn. I mean, 190 schools signed up to the pilot there and then. 190 out of 3,300 schools, roughly. So about 5% of schools decided that they would take on this pilot now that's i don't know it was a little bit weird because all of a sudden almost all of the principals who attended the sap meeting screaming at brendan od were all taking on the pilot now i asked john boyle who's now the um secretary general is it yes isn't it? Secretary General of the INTO in an interview when he was seeking to become the president of the INTO and I asked him about it and I asked him about it in an interview and um, he said to me and I have this quoted despite the Drihid pilot scheme being a bridge over troubled water yep he likes his bridge puns too our staff and board of management having been involved in formal induction since 2004 chose to join the pilot phase under the external model for one reason and one reason only to prove that it was not necessary for registered teachers within a school to adjudicate on or to sign off on the capacity of a newly qualified teacher 
how things have changed. I should explain to you that the pilot project allowed schools to choose to have the sign-off on the NQT done by an external person rather than an internal person. And this is the external model that John was referring to. However, the teaching council might have had the hardcore INTO heads now involved in their project for their thousand euro, but the vast, vast majority of schools were not budging. The temptation of a thousand shekel coins, I don't know what you call them, wasn't enough to sway them. And why would it? As far as everyone else could see, Drihid was no different to SEP, and it still had all of the problems that SEP had. As the years 2013 and 2014 yielded very little progress, it was time for the Teaching Council to act. And act they did. And what they did was to go all Ariana Grande and get nasty. I actually, by the way, just, just for the record, I actually thought that Janet Jackson had a song called Get Nasty, but it was actually just called Nasty. So I had to Google. Um, just in case, I just, just I just need to say this because you in case anyone thought I became all cool and contemporary. I, I kind of know who Ariana Grande is, but, you know, I had no idea. I couldn't name a song where, except for getting nasty now. Anyway, well, for starts, uh, they dropped the thousand euro bribe. Okay, so this was the first thing the teaching council did. Sorry, I went off on a tangent there. And they basically tried this cheaper system, which was 500 euro grant for schools to work together. So they share a 500 euro pot for these, um for the, for <laughs> school networks. So that didn't work, so they decided then to play dirty and they refused to allow the NIPT mentors work with schools that weren't involved in the pilot. You heard that right. So what they did was they had this excellent system where the NIPT uh, would mentor all NQTs whether they were doing the Drihid or not. But what they did was because not enough schools signed up, they decided to whisk those NIPT mentors away so there were no mentors working with um, NQTs. It's, it's, it's just so dirty, um, unless you were involved in the pilot. And for whatever reason, the INTO leaders were playing along with this tune. And nobody could understand it. I mean, even the IPPN, who were starting to kind of make inroads to being friendly with them, but even the IPPN were at odds with this move towards Drihid. And when they surveyed their own principals or school leaders, 80% were not in favour of the model. And teachers were also turning against the model. They were totally against the model. All the while, little by little, those that were loyal to the union started turning towards Drihid. It was really odd. If you were a union person, you were kind of pump-fisting at the union meetings, going to all your, your union meetings and supporting the union no matter what they did, they all started supporting Drihid for some reason. And when you questioned them, they, they, they either became really aggressive or became really defensive. And I am, um, I mean, I, I, I spoke to loads of uh, principals um, who took on Drihid at the time because I was really curious to find out what was going on. And they really, I mean, honestly, I mean, the the, the, the response I got were kind of weird, um, either aggressive or defensive. And they began, it's this tired old trope, Drihid is better than the old system of inspectors. Oh yeah, you want the inspectors in again, do you? Ha, huh? ha. Huh? You know, this kind of thing. Even though nobody wanted that either. And no matter what you said, no, no, I don't like the inspector model. The Drihid is not the answer. Oh, oh yeah, you want the inspectors back. No, 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 I don't. I don't. Anyway, it just got really weird. And I just never really understood it. It was almost like they were being told what to say. Because this is the, the conversation you kept getting. And you still kind of get to this day. If you question Drihid even now, um, despite the fact that it's kind of in. That's, oh, yeah, yeah, you want the, the oh, yeah, it's better the inspectors coming in. And no one disagrees with that. But it's just the seems to be the response from everybody, even 
even clever people, even people with intelligence and brain cells say this. And you're like, no, 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 this isn't what I'm saying. Trehid is not a good model. Yes, it's better than, you know, obviously the inspector, but there are better ways. But the thing was, with these little things happening, the INTO now playing along, getting rid of the NIPT from schools that didn't take part in Drihid, and offering money to schools who did, things were getting more serious. And yet, teachers and principals and most schools simply weren't buying into it. And they were beginning to ask serious questions of their union. And the pressure was mounting on the union to stop with their own madness. And its own members, the INCO's own members, had to try an intervention. And that's where we'll be looking on the next part of the Drihid story. So there we have it, and I suppose, you know, we have to end on a cliffhanger. Maybe it's because Neighbours has ended. I feel I should, um, you know, have a cliffhanger at the end of each of these parts. We end on that cliffhanger until next week. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this third part of the story of Drihid, and please feel free to comment on uh, the Twitter profile. Simon M. Lewis is where you'll find me. Uh, But until next week, thanks for listening. All the best. Bye-bye.